I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Right, do you know what this is, Ruth? What is this, Dad? This is the bit where we test the levels. I got uh, an email from somebody called Martin Leo. He's headlined it. The bit where we test the levels. Uh, He says, This week's episode has just reinforced my theory that Martin is constitutionally incapable of recording a whole episode without explicitly mentioning at least one format point. It used to be, (laughs) I'm now going to play our musical Sting. Now it's, we're going to tell some jokes while we test the levels. If you, this was addressed to you, Ruthie. He says, if you convinced him not to do that, he'd just do something else. You Forget it's it. Tr- let, yeah. let him do it, he says. Because otherwise, he'd just be saying, this is the part of the show where Ruthie offers an impassioned defence of why Friends is the best comedy. <laughs> or, this is the part of the show where I tenuously link some musical history to the Beatles. Just let him get over it at the start of the show. He says, that might be the funniest email we've uh, ever had. Oh, well, there you go, Martin Leo. He says, anyway, I'll add my voice to those hoping that the podcast continues once uni starts. I'm sure it will in some way. So uh, this is the bit where we test the levels. And uh, What was that bit just before? That was the bit where we talk about the fact that we're saying that this is the bit where we test the levels. Right, OK. So here we go. So what was that bit then? <laughs> that bit was the bit where we explained that the bit before was the bit where <laughs> I was testing the levels. Now this is the bit where we start. Because we, this is a generation gap podcast, if you like, and one of the things that my generation finds the hardest thing to come to terms with these days, uh, some of these arguments about transgender. In Scotland, they had plans to allow people to self-declare their legal gender, yeah. right? They've shelved these plans, which seems to me to be entirely sensible. Because there seems to be two arguments about this. The feminist argument is if you let people... The trans argument is you should be allowed to self-declare your gender. The feminist argument is, and I found myself totally on the side of the feminists here, is... Although, like, I think it's important to say that feminists and trans activists don't have to be entirely separate. Like, I think that feminists should be working to involve trans women in... In feminism, I think that's one of the problems with radical feminists is that they get too hung up on sort of separating between radical feminists and left feminists and trans activists and, like, we should all be feminists and just be fighting for the same thing. And should feminists allow, pe- trans allow, women? allow men to say, 
I'm now a woman. Before well, no, they've because had that's any not... operation, before they've yeah. If had you any if you genuinely so it's text. Um, if you watched the there was a program about trans women in sport. Um, with Martina and I've yeah, had to I watched, learn I the, it. the thingy. Yeah. She, so do you remember? To me, she's a hundred percent right. Well, it, I think it's but the, the program showed that it's just way more complicated than that. Like um, the Cheltenham Football Club, which is the only professional, it's the only professional LGBT team. I think like. LGBT football team. Wasn't that team at Crystal Palace? Was I it Crystal? thought it was Cheltenham. Charlton. 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 Charlton Similar. Most of the same letters. Um, anyway, and so the woman they spoke to there, who was a trans woman, she was talking about how it takes two years just to get an appointment for an for before yes, not not that. for an operation, just mm. for an appointment, like, and to live in someone else's body for that long and not be able to even declare that you're not the assigned gender at birth. Well, nobody's saying then that's that's uh, completely unfair. But what I'm saying a, is well, that you turn it into a thing. Oh, a man can just declare that they're a woman, and you take it sounds very Piers Morgan-y because that is not the story well, for most of the people who will declare a different gender to the one assigned at birth. That's P- not their story. Well, there's an old Croatian proverb that says, "Even the blind hen will occasionally peck a grain." Right. So what it means is, yeah, even Piers Morgan will occasionally be right, and in this sense. He's, if, no, I don't know whether not, he said it, but he's right, and Martina Navratilova is right. And in Scotland, they're right, because I'll tell you what, what's happened here. The original proposals were that anyone over 16 would be allowed to change gender on the same day or after a brief waiting period just by signing a declaration. Scots ministers had said they believed the current law, which demands that applicants seek a doctor's diagnosis and live in their new gender uh, for two years to be, in, so, to be so intrusive. And, and, well, no, and it it's is a intrusive. tough business. It's, it's uh, testing you. It's, you don't, someone doesn't come out as gay and you're like, right... So I want you to get married to a man for it's a two years. Thing, get, well, the, but the, there's not really. It's just feeling a way that's not the the norm. Like, and also, I don't see what's the problem of declaring that you're not the gender that was assigned to you at birth because it, it's not a it's not a case of just going. Not, oh, I'm actually a woman. Like, it's much. You understand that it's much more complicated. Than I that. do understand it's much more complicated. But it's. Let me say. Let me just quote what the opponents uh, of this say. They said the proposals put women at risk by giving male-bodied people access to changing rooms, women's prisons, rape crisis centres and other protected areas. It just seems to me that common sense... Declares, I, I understand that. Common sense declares that you shouldn't allow male-bodied people to use. No, but that that would be a minority of that would be a tiny, tiny minority of people who would take advantage of a system. For the vast majority of people, it would be a really great thing. And like, I don't think we're suggesting that men can just go arm a woman and step into a women's changing room. That, well, that's that not would, that would if, be if the you're, effect. If you're genuinely that, that a trans, if, yeah, if you're genuinely a trans woman, mm. I don't care about change, sharing a change or a bathroom with you at all if you if you identify as a woman and also you've got to believe that people are inherently good and people aren't going to take advantage like that how, how many men do you actually believe would do that i believe it'd be a very small you, exactly it'd be a minority, be a minority. and imagine but, how many trans people you would be helping well i don't see that it's a tough business to be i, yeah, mean, if you I, were identifying I have a trans friend as you know i know how important it was 
to transition. So I, I, I recognise that. You know, I recognise that yeah. it's not a decision taken but it's lightly. Not all, I recognise yeah. it's not a decision to take lightly. But that's what I'm saying. If it takes two years to get an appointment, then you have to... What Even if you're dressing like a woman and you feel like a woman, you just have to continue to, to go to men's changing rooms. How is that not just as difficult and... If not more, like if you, and also you, you know, if someone's fully identifies as a man and is just using this system, which I just don't think people would do. But can you understand? I think I think you're building you're building a problem that's not even there. Men men, men as it is now don't really walk into women's changing rooms. I don't think they would start doing it once they can go. Oh, I'm I'm identify as a woman. Mm, I just don't think that I don't think it would happen. So then, then all the problem is is that you don't believe that trans women are real women. What annoys me to some extent, for instance, I'll tell you, there's uh, Joan McAlpine, who is an MSP, a member of the Scottish Parliament, right? She played a prominent part in the revolt. So she, you know, she says we should shelve this, we shouldn't do this, yeah. we shouldn't allow people just to say they're, they're a woman and then use women's changing rooms and all that stuff. And she got an avalanche of abuse from trans activists and everything, as indeed Martin Everett and Lover got when she said they shouldn't be allowed to participate in women's sport. That is, that is a different yeah. argument, though. Different argument, but the same effect is that people who say, I don't think this is right, get a load of abuse from trans... It's trans activists, I suppose, that I'm annoyed about, that they don't understand that people of a different generation, for instance, might find this all a little bit difficult to stomach. And, yeah, and, and people but... ought to have, be allowed to have a point of view and not to be shouted down and tweeted down by trans activists at every point. And when but you this, saw Martina Navratilova a... uh, in that programme, uh, you realise that she she wasn't doing it from... No, well, that's I think the Martina Navratilova, I think people were massively unfair to her mm. because... It is a much more. It's a. It's actually a co- more complicated issue than is in there because it's about. It's a thing of, of science, and you want sport to be fair, and you don't want women to become disadvantaged, and you don't. You also want trans women to have a place in the sporting world, and like it is just so complicated. And it's the. And if you watch the program, there was no solution was ever going to be reached in it. It's just too, mm. just too difficult. Like that whatever way you go with it someone's going to be upset and unhappy and like you don't know and i think that that martin navratilova did face too much abuse but i also think that an older generation can't just say you know it's very difficult to stomach like there should be they should be actively trying to understand another viewpoint which is i think where it where what goes wrong like Um, like piers morgan doesn't listen should trans activists also, I don't think it's a, that it's a complicated issue, and they shouldn't be just. I, I, don't, I can't. I can't imagine a trans activist who doesn't think that transgender issues are not complicated. So and why do they just leap in on Twitter? Anybody who says anything, and not not smart. So not smart ones don't. But they all do, though, don't they? I don't, I mean, I don't, I've not well, seen this, it. I don't well, think this, they do. Well, uh, all right. In that case, it's wrong. When Joe McAlpine, they've they've let no, no one on should her. no one should face abuse for what they're saying. I. If you believe, like, I think you can disagree with someone without it becoming abusive, and but that is also the nature of having a public platform, unfortunately. And what she was saying was, in a way, controversial for some. Like, I think you know before you say something if it's going to have get backlash. You can disagree with someone without it becoming you're not allowed to say that. But also, I don't believe in this phony idea of free speech that suddenly people are obsessed with. Actual free speech doesn't mean you can say whatever you want to say. 
I just cannot see in my head a man going to one of these offices and declaring they're a woman so they can go in women's changing rooms and perv on women. Mm. Could happen, I just don't. Of course it could happen. It's one of those arguments that turns this this tiny what if to, to avoid letting people do something that would help them. There was another story in the trans world. Almost three quarters of children seeking help to change their gender are girls, apparently the highest proportion recorded, according to figures from England's only child gender clinic. The director of the clinic says we continue to see a much higher proportion of assigned females at birth referred to the service. We're alive to this issue and are exploring it. So they're presumably, when they say they're exploring the issue, they think there's maybe too many. Right. Yeah. So let me try and connect this with Mallory Towers. You're a big fan of Mallory Towers. Yeah. Enid Blyton. Don't you look so aggressive? Well, Mallory Towers, there's a character in Mallory Towers called Bill, apparently. I don't remember that. But Bill is what Enid Blyton uh, used to call a tomboy. And there were lots of... uh, There's always a tomboy. Oh, gosh, yeah, I kind of remember, yeah. Yeah, there's always a tomboy in an Enid Blyton, but it was George in the uh, Famous Five. Yeah. There's a girl called George in that. And do you think possibly there's too much, and this may be parents as well, there's too much sort of leaping. You know, years ago a tomboy would be a tomboy. But do you think that these days the um, the concept of being a tomboy... The concept of being a tomboy is stupid. Why is it stupid? To, to have to, to, have to categorise a woman who's not into, like, typical femininity into something different is just, in general, stupid. But it served for years and years. It wasn't... You know, in a was world it, in a world that decided that women were one way and men were one way and anything that differed from the norm was needed to be in a separate category. Well, yes, in a separate category, but they might... I just it don't might, believe might it. Be I just f- don't believe is in it possible? Is it possible that it's a phase that you don't actually have to change gender? No, no, of, co- of, co- of course, like... It's also one of those things where it's like... Is it possible that at some point people are leaping to, yeah, no, I think, uh, no, to I conclusions think that is, about their I think gender? that is true, but I also don't know enough about it. I would need to talk to lots of chil- trans children and lots of trans uh, parents of trans children. Like You would need to do tons and tons of research. If you've seen the Louis Theroux documentary on trans children, it's one of the things that he covers, and like it is difficult. But the concept of tomboys is just silly. Well, here's something that's not quite so controversial. Good. And that is... uh, I'm exhausted. (laughs) That is uh, the north-south divide. Oh, Uh, yay. The pacer train. People do not like when we talk, well, when mostly me, talk not highly of London. London was hideous at the weekend because it was so hot. No, but people don't like... In the emails and the thing, like, oh, very liberal on everything, but hates London. What is this about hating London? People really don't mm. like it. This is not so much London. This I is... don't hate London. No. This is the north-south uh, divide. And uh, the pacer train is still running. And there's a picture of it in this uh, newspaper. There you go. I know it. You know, Been on it. You know the train. That's the train that you get on Northern Rail. The unpopular trains, which people call buses on rails, people wouldn't believe it in the south of England that we're still travelling around on this in the north. Um, Got one of those every day to school for about yeah. a year and a half. Well, these uh, unpopular trains look set to screech and trundle into 2020. They should have gone by now. They're supposed to have gone really? a couple of years ago. They're just sort of noisy and uncomfortable and old-fashioned, really. Yeah. 
Yeah. Andy Burnham, who is the mayor of Greater Manchester and should possibly be the leader of the Labour Party, but that's a different issue, said uh, pacer trains are a symbol of the chronic underinvestment in northern transport by successive governments. The fact that passengers will still have to travel in these museum pieces in 2020 is unacceptable. This fiasco, once again, well, what happened was they were going to be replaced by some Spanish trains, which were... Uh, Ooh, there, there Spanish. Was, yeah, there was a flaw Fancy. in the Spanish trains. And Can we so, not just build new trains? Well, that's what was happening in Spain. They bought them. They'd, oh, uh, right. I thought they were just taking trains that were in Spain no, and flying um, them Northern over. Northern Rail invested £500 million in some trains built by a Spanish firm, but they they were flawed. The fiasco once again underlines why the North needs to be at the front of the queue when it comes to investment for the next 25 years, just like London has been for the last 50 years. Oh, last 150, um, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, that's what Andy Burnham says, and I suspect you're uh, agreeing with that. Yeah, Carlton, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's in every every <laughs> facet of life, the North is last on the list. Mm, Boris Johnson... It's too too far from says, London. ...says that, uh, his, uh, that he is going to make sure that the North becomes the great city like London, or northern cities become great cities like London did. Don't, I don't, she doesn't want it, I don't, that's so offensive. You know, I don't want it to be a great city like London, I want it to be a great city, Leeds is a great city, it just mm. needs more investment, like, no one's suggesting that, it's, you also don't want it to turn into London. No, well it's the, which Leeds. is not a, I wouldn't even call it that great of a city. Leeds is the biggest city in Europe without a rapid transit system. Yay! (laughs) But also, just because it doesn't have investment and stuff doesn't mean it's not a great city. I love the North. My fave. You had a bit that you wanted to uh, talk about. I do. I did say, did you have a bit? And you said, yes, I've got a bit. So let's um, hear it. There's been a global study of 10,000 people which Snapchat have commissioned and it's found that Britons have fewer best friends. We have 2.6 best friends on average, which I imagine imagine you think is quite high. 2.6 best friends. On average. Yes, I've probably got a 0.6 that I could say. Mm-hmm. David Nichols is a 0.6 oh, of yeah. best friends. David Nichols is Facebook friends with Dad and he mentions it twice a day, I'd say. No more than that. In Saudi Arabia, participants reported 6.6 best friends on average. In Saudi Arabia? Mm. Ah. A lot of best friends. So, and then, so it says, like, do we really need more than that? And it also, do we have less best friends now than we fewer. did? What? Found, we oh, yeah, fewer? yeah, fewer. Yeah, it does say fewer. Do we have fewer best friends because of, you know, modern technology and phones and Instagram? Does it mean we're, like, losing touch? Yeah, probably. Think so. Are you? Uh, also, I think Snapchat it's weird that. Have, um, do you think inter- that British people have less? Because British people have like the the least, mm. the f- fewest best friends. It's really hard to use it with like in the the, the like fewest least bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just got my head around fewer. Do we have fewer? No, what? We have the fewest best. Fr- Actually, it doesn't really work, does it? The fewest the best point, friends. The least best friends. Yeah, but, but you can't. But, then, but that's less. Would there be least best? In other the words, they'd be friends, friend. but they'd be the least best friends. They'd be, the f- know, they'd yeah, be no, best have... friends, but not quite as best as Saudi Arabian No, friends. so we have the fewest best friends mm. in a lot of countries. Do you think it's a British thing? Do you know what I Of think... declaring that you have fewer best friends because you don't want to be like, oh, oh my gosh, how, you know, you don't, we don't like to be like, we're friends in Britain, do we? We like to just I make think... sarcastic comments at each other until mm. I we think... hang out a lot. 
Yeah, I think uh, a lot of that's to do with the fact that working lives in the UK mm. are very stressed. And, uh, and yeah, we work so much. We work so many more hours than in we Italy work a lot and more Spain. Hours. And, uh, and also, you know, if you look at London and the um, the commuting and all that, yeah. and how long, you know, because nobody can afford to live right in the centre of London. So, you, you know, you're commuting and maybe two, maybe a train and then a uh, and then an underground. You know, I see people in London eight o'clock. People, the trains are packed with people going, going home, home from at, work. At eight yeah. o'clock from work out to the suburbs. So, I think we probably have less time for uh, best friends I think you think so yeah I think you you tend to end up just with your work colleagues all the time yeah but then they are your friends well they're your sort of work colleagues they're not your sort of best best friends are they and we spend more time with our work colleagues than we actually do with friends and things or like even husbands and wives yeah I think it's quite a plausible um, quite a plausible I don't know why it is that we work so much in the UK compared to other countries uh, I mean you're just so lucky having so many friends (laughs) no I never never say that but I suppose that actually while you're at school you have way more friends and then slowly they peter off oh yeah because that's what happens with life you know there's uh, you you have loads of friends at school you still have loads of friends in your 20s you get married and then quite a lot of them drift off you Mm. know because you're married and you're single friends aren't as close to you as, the, yeah. as they were before quite sad. and then you get a little bit older and a little bit more boring and then more friends drift, drift yeah can vouch f- for that yes and then more friends uh, drift away and uh, eventually you just end up sitting in a chair in a nursing home dribbling and uh, although people make friends in nursing homes yeah that seems a which is fun too. Let's do the uh, the rest of the emails. We've got a whole bunch of them this week. Uh, really? Loads and loads and loads of them. So we'll uh, do some I'm of those. I'm so excited. Well, some of them aren't entirely complimentary to you. Oh, uh, this, I, don't, I don't want to hear them, please. This don't fir- read first them out. one is about your racism. The, what? Uh, yes, it's from Richard Smith. Hear him out. Richard Smith, and his headline is Anti Scottish Agenda. What? And he says, Hello. <laughs> I don't I've spoken about the Scottish. Well, here we go. Hello, Kellners. As a Scottish listener in Scotland, I was somewhat perplexed by uh, Ruth's incredulity that good and food could possibly rhyme. This it, is you, commonly, were more, you were more <laughs> angry about that than I was. No, 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 you mentioned it last week. This is commonly cited by people in the south of England as being ridiculous and seems to be a form of xenophobic prejudice against Scottish accents and pronunciation of words, which obviously stretches as far north as Leeds, at least. To help enlighten me as to how people in Scotland should be pronouncing words, would you no, get... No, it's you not get, that. It's just the fact that co-op is not a Scottish company. Would you get Ruthie to read each of the following? So you'd like this to read This isn't fair, because I was saying it was... It, that That's the co-op thing, and you were like, oh, ridiculous thing. Uh, well, here you go. Here you go. He wants you to read those words so that he knows how to pronounce them. This is all... I don't want to do this, but he pronounces them fine. It's just that co-op is not Scottish. Please read those words. Don't forget that co-op. I don't want to. Go on. Food, good, hood, mood, wood. Excellent, thank you. I'm a big Scottish fan. Uh, He says, other than this anti-Scottish bullying, uh, I love the podcast. So keep up the good, he says, pronounce good, work. And that's from Rich. I don't even write. So the Scottish accent would be like, Good, like that ish, wouldn't it? So, so, so. And then they would do food, 
like that. Mm. Like, it doesn't quite rhyme anywhere. No. There you go, Rich, that's telling you. Um, well, no, I'm just, just saying the, the, the co-op, <laughs> it's not Scottish people who are stupid, it's the co-op. Okay, there you are, Rich. Uh, he says, love, Rich, age 39 and three quarters. Darren has headlined his email, Professionalism. Oh, and he says... I can cope with Ruth's interruptions and her contrariness, but can you tell her to stop yawning, please? She said on the last pod she was a professional. Uh, he says, great podcast apart from that. I'm not having it because so, yeah. you so you edit it, right? Well, I did, you, I you leave in all the bits where I yawn and no, say I stupid I stuff. Le- I lent in one. The yawn last week, I kept that in because uh, I wanted to keep in there. You like that? I won't, I'll I'll edit that one out. No, but it's only because if you keep talking about yawning, you you can't not yawn. If you mention the word yawn, somebody yawns. But you edit the bits out where you sound stupid and where you will be like, oh, um, no, actually, no, I won't say it. And you edit all those bits out (laughs) and bits where you cough and sneeze and yawn and all that kind of stuff. I don't yawn. Because you want to sound like cool and professional and... It's slick. And then you leave all my bits in? No, I've edited out... Uh, most weeks, I edit out all your yawns. But last week, I came back with a bit of a funny where I said, uh, I'm sorry if we're keeping you up. So I thought I'd leave that one in. But anyway, uh, Darren picks up on it. Well done, Darren. Martin Griffiths says, uh, Martin, when you've had enough of Ruth, there'll be... God! He says, when you've had enough of Ruth, there'll be Harpy, me and my dad. Uh, and he sent me a picture of Bex... And Harper, his daughter, at the women's football. They went to the uh, England, oh, cool. the England match against Norway. Only sent us uh, a little one-line joke, which we could use when I'm testing the levels. He says, "I went into the butcher's today and asked him if he kept dripping. Yes, I do, and it's very embarrassing." He says, "It's better um, than those ones you did this morning." Oh, really? It's very old. He says, "Just back from Dublin." He says, "Loves Ireland," and he says, "In the music spot, could you play Joe Tex's song? Ain't gonna bump no more with no big fat woman. Ruthie'll just love it." Uh, now, Barney Edis. Uh, has uh, headlined his email update from your crisp correspondent Uh, he says uh, still loving the podcast even more so now you read out my email he said when I shared the episode this morning with via Spotify uh, with Scarlett my 13 year old daughter her text back was OMFG is that good or bad do you think do you think it could go either way yeah really good (laughs) hopefully good Hopefully good. Uh, I've taken the liberty. And this is... Do you remember what we, I gave you that packet of crisps, the uh, yes. Chardonnay wine vinegar crisps from uh, Co-op? I've taken the liberty of purchasing you both a bag of the Co-op sea salt and Chardonnay white vinegar crisps. Aww. I thought they came from the Co-op. They came from him. He says, I'll drop these... That's in- so sweet. Yeah, and he dropped them in by hand to talk radio. He says on his way home to sunny Hampshire this afternoon. Well, thank you. They were very... They were very, very You like them, don't you? I, I, yeah, I thought they were lovely. Still too pungent for me. Uh, he says, I'm not associated... Pungent, the word everyone wants to use with foods. Mm, food. Uh, he says, I'm not associated with carp in any way. And to prove this, please see below link for Tesco sour cream and chive dip, <laughs> which my eldest daughter, Molly, 17, uh, enjoys with said crisps and uh, an episode or three of Love Island, which we're coming to in a sec. Oh, love it. You love it. Well, oh, thank you, though, because mm. I was very... Yeah, thank you for the crisps. Never what? had anything sent. That's really yeah. exciting. Yes, it is. One packet of the crisps 
crisps were eaten by the uh, talk radio people, and then the other one I gave to you and your sister. Yeah. So that was nice. She absolutely demolished them there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like them myself. Chris Best is associated with the co-op. And he, we had more mail about the co-op and the crisps than anything. You know, we can argue as much as we like about trance and about various things. About but trans. But what do we call it then? Like, well, you maybe say trans issues or something. Trans issues, or... all right. Chris Best uh, says, uh, Hi, Martin Ruth. Firstly, although I'm in my 30s, um, could I be one of Martin's youngest cronies? <laughs> so he's, he's a crony. Yeah, you don't have to be old to be a crony, I yeah. don't think. But he used to listen to me on uh, Radio Leeds while he was on study leave for his GCSE. Oh my god! Mm. I guess it goes without saying. I was absolutely one of the cool kids at school. <laughs> um, I think maybe a touch of sarcasm there. I was listening to the latest pod on the way to my day job at Co-op HQ in Manchester when you were discussing my employer, and I thought finally something I can contribute to. <laughs> Although the divvy, you know, I was talking about the dividend uh, and my number one seven six eight four. It says although the divvy doesn't exist as it was, if you are a member of the co-op, you do get money back five percent. Uh, when you buy co-op goods in their stores, so it's more like a, uh, one of those like cars, cars, like yeah. Yeah, nectar or something, which you can either build up or spend straight away. So we're still sharing the profits in a different way. An extra percent on top of that goes to local causes of your choosing, as demonstrated in the ads that Martin is so fond of. These are the ads that are currently running in the cinema on a regular basis. Also, for Ruth, the prices could be cheaper when she goes away to uni, as Co-op is the only national food retailer that offers NUS discounts. Yeah, I have heard about this because on student um, on campus sites, a lot of the time, the supermarket that they have is a Co-op because, yeah, you get the discount. And it, um, if you've been to Leeds Fest last year, they had a big Co-op. I should point out this isn't an official Co-op press release, <laughs> even though it probably reads like one. Uh, I was just excited. I had a, a, an area of expertise that I could uh, help with. And so I'm not completely accused of brown-nosing. I don't know, is that an expression you're familiar with? Yeah, I don't want brown-nosing. I'm not the greatest fan of the it's what we do line either, especially as Apple released now with the same tagline uh, this week. Wow. Um, I'm surprised they're allowed to do that. You know, yeah, it's well, in the rules really. against that, really. What, using a, a Yeah, line? like branding, like copyright... Well, not copyright branding, but, you know, possession of... Intellectual, Pro- intellectual property. property. Good one. Well, I don't know. I suppose unless unless somebody's going to actually take them to court for it, mm, yes, go away with it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I always say about this podcast, as good today as it's always been. Do you? Uh, yes, I always say that. So, Do you yeah. always say that? Or sometimes I say the podcast. You know, it makes sense. Is it time for the music? It is. We'll have a short break and then play some music. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Start with yours this week. Cool. Let's. Let's. Uh, AJ Tracy. AJ Tracy. Well, should we play the, the track? It's a song called Ladbroke Grove. It's the Hyperman set, AJ Tracy live and direct, DJ mash up the mash up the deck, the microphone champ is live and direct, and again, it's the Hyperman set, AJ Tracy live and direct, DJ mash up the mash up the deck, the microphone champ is live and direct, said Barbie, vibes in that, cruise like a four wheel driving that, take time, everything's live in that, my car AJT's on the mic and that, I said Barbie. There is AJT on the mic, mashing up the decks, uh... Really good. I enjoyed that, I have to say. Really it's, enjoyed it's, it. He's pretty it's, brilliant, it's yeah. It's fun. Uh, Labrooke Grove, of course, which is in Notting Hill. It's an area yeah, London, he's yeah. he's London, from London, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's from Ladbroke Grove in London, so makes entire sense. I didn't know whether he was actually from there, uh, but his dad is Trinidadian. Trinidadian, yeah. Um, but he's been around for ages. He was on SoundCloud in, like, 2011, and he's only 25 now, so... Wow. Um, he's done the kind of legwork to be really good and stuff and I've been listening to him for quite a while but I've just forgotten to kind of play him Um, but then he had there was a remix of this song that just came out that's not the remix that we listened to that came out at the beginning of June so I just it reminded me of AJ Mm. Tracy and I thought I'll play the actual original song so it's a good one well I'm going to play this week the one suggested by Martin Griffiths which I rather liked so Um, no not not just thinking about what you actually want to play and stuff, just taking other people's ideas. No, I th- uh, he's reminding me of Joe Tex, Joseph Arrington Jr. is his real name, uh, known as Joe Tex because he comes from Texas. A bit of a story in, in the song is that a fat woman asked him to dance. At the time, it's 1977 we're talking about, the bump was a very famous, uh, very popular dance where you basically uh, bumped backsides. It was innocent times. And she bumps into him. And because she's such a big, fat woman, he decides he's not going to bump anymore with any more big, fat women. So this is uh, Joe Tex. Ain't going to bump no more with no big, fat woman. She wanted to get on down. That's what I want to get on. make comments about rap music and say oh gosh how can you like this roof if it's so misogynistic because that is the worst song I've ever heard really ain't gonna bump no more no big fat woman from 1977 just to prove it wasn't just fat women he was against he had another song oh he's against all women no he had another song called skinny legs and all and one of the lyrics of that as far as I remember was I don't want no woman with no skinny legs so he was very prescriptive about 
another kind of uh, female. Not a massive fan. I feel like it sounded like other songs, but not as good, and the lyrics were crap. Well, I like him. Uh, Jez Warrington Jr., better known as Joe Tex, uh, 1933 to 1982, so he was only 49 when he died, and he struggled for a long time. He didn't have any uh, hits at all. It I was, wonder why. It was, what, <laughs> it was what they used to call Southern Soul that he did, uh, which was a sort of mixed funk music and country music uh, and gospel and all that. So it was all you know, very much uh, a Texan thing that he did. But then suddenly with those sort of novelty-ish songs, he suddenly had a hit, and that was a million seller in 1977. my least favourite song you've ever played. 1977. He's good, though, actually. He is good. I th- but I thought that we were playing that more for uh, provocative reasons rather than uh, Yeah, m- I mean, it's reasons. good to know what people would listen to, yeah. I guess. But when you think of it, you know, you talk about the the rap songs. Yeah, know, no, no, I no, get it, yeah. The only difference to the rap song, you wouldn't say, I'm going to bump no more with no big fat woman. They'd say, ain't going to rock no more with no bitch or whatever. So that would be the difference. So Yeah, a, maybe, I don't know whether your career in rap will definitely take off, but we'll see. At Love Island... Uh, yes. Well, now there was a piece in the Sunday Times by uh, Camilla Long. Uh, you know, I would say uh, we're talking about Maura. Camilla who, Long uh, annoys me. But, uh, well, Maura yeah. has become a feminist icon, hasn't she, in some extent? <laughs> a little bit, yeah, yeah, I guess. Well, Camilla Long says every age gets the feminist icons it deserves, and it appears ours are the women of Love Island. Specific- oh, come on. Specifically, Maura. Maura Higgins is a grid girl from Ireland. She combines the plastic allure of a ride-on swimming pool dolphin with the sexual frankness of a scaffolder from Hull. Uh, now, she was together with Tom. That was the debate. That, yeah. Because that, I thought she was very, very sweary. Well, Tom is a 29-year-old dish-faced man's man from Leeds, says... Um, Leeds being well represented, as per usual. Yeah, Leeds and Wakefield are always well represented on reality TV yeah, shows. It's true, actually. <laughs> There's always someone from Leeds or Wakefield mm. on a reality show. But anyway, Tom blew his chances because he said to his friends he'd have a chance to find out if Maura was all mouth he said that didn't he more f- it is um, like if someone said that mm. well Maura furiously called the assignation off telling him she'd rather stick pins in my eyes than accept his <laughs> pathetic invitation for a reconciliatory chat anyway the following morning she made him beg forgiveness and she forced him to go back to her room and fetch her another hairbrush Right. Uh, You know all that. That was the incident that uh, we were talking about. Uh, For this, she was hailed a hero and a feminist queen on Twitter. Yeah, but in a a shallow, base-level sense, she's not a feminist icon of our age. A feminist icon of our age would be Catelyn Moran or Zadie Smith. Come on, like, she is a... A well, base level all right, well, feminist. That's not. Well, let's Camilla make a point. But man, didn't they notice the hatred? If feminism is shrieking non-stop at men you despise before making them perform a series of awful, grovelling tasks, then I suppose she is. Yes, an icon. Um, if feminism is bellowing endlessly about Fanny Flutters, which I have no idea what that is. Um, we won't go into and it. Then, no, we won't. And then not being able to take the slightest innuendo in return, then, yeah, I 
suppose she is the ultimate example of brave new womanhood. But, no, because the whole the whole she's missing out on what what Tom said was offensive and rude and okay, well, let unfair. Me, let me continue. Only I don't think anything about Love Island is feminist. It is a highly strung, antagonistic, lookist, fattist, sexist meat market of a horror show. Uh, so a little bit of... Uh, Sounds like she's watched thought. a lot of it. She's certainly watched it, but, you know, good column, I would say. I'm with her on that. Last, I, know, I think it's well written. Yeah. Last year, the same women who now label Maura an icon were campaigning for grid girls like her to be relieved of their jobs. Uh, but in fairness to you, Ruth, you didn't... You, you, were, you were behind the grid girls and said they had the rights to do that job. Yeah. Yeah, well done. But, but, but also, like... Yeah, but you can be feminist and be pro ring girls, pro grid girls, pro pro pawn, pro pro sex work. Like you can do, you can be that and a feminist. Do you know what I mean? I don't think that mm. that's that's the problem. Is that feminism has become such an either or situation in all its issues. In different circumstances, she's talking about these But also, people. she can be a feminist, and Camilla Long can be a feminist. They're just feminists in different ways. In different circumstances, they're perfectly happy to kick down on reality stars who've grown up in poor conditions like Maura, unable to accept that for some women, programmes such as Love Island are the quickest way out of financial insecurity. So Maura isn't a feminist, no. Nor what would she claim she is. What she is according to Camilla Long, is great television. So more or less, oh, she's saying what we she's, said. She's great television, but I also don't believe that... I mean, Maura's not spoken about feminism, so I won't truly know. But if someone asks her, are you a feminist? And she says, yes, she is a feminist. There's no... You shouldn't have to make, meet a list of requirements can I, can I be to feminist? be one. It, of course, yeah, obviously. This is what a feminist looks like. <laughs> but Well, that, that, that's the whole point of that, is that it has no look, and it also shouldn't be a let's meet the requirements of it, because the only people who have ever told women that they... Well, the, the people, the reason feminism exists is because men told women they had to be a certain way. And if women start doing that to each other, then what's the point anymore? Just talk a little bit about uh, Glastonbury. Are you familiar mm. with the work of Black Midi? No, I'm not, actually. Well, they were a big success at uh, Glastonbury. They're four recent graduates of the Performing Arts Comprehensive, the Brit School. Oh, yeah. You know Everyone what? went to the Brit School. Where's the Brit School? What is London, it? London, Jessie J went there. Oh, um, right. Just, like, lo- like, loads and loads of really famous right. people. And everyone who's, like, from London and wants to go into singing or performing arts or anything all wants to go to, like, the Brit School. All right. Well, these are four recent graduates of the Brit School. Black Midi, listen to this, found the missing link between freeform jazz, hardcore punk, and borderline psychopathic energy. I did not know there was a link. No, well, all my life I've been waiting for the (laughs) link between freeform jazz, hardcore punk, and borderline psychopathic energy. Uh, They have a track called Boom, 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 and it's spelled cap B, lowercase m, uh, B, M again, and B, M again. So it's just called Boom, 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 the track. It features their singer, Geordie Greep, and I'm guessing, I'm guessing Geordie Greep, probably not his baptismal name. But anyway, uh, Geordie Greep squeaking, she moves with a purpose over a metronomic rhythm, mixed with a recording of a Big Brother contestant shouting something about cornflakes. Sounds good. Also there was uh, Billie Eilish. <laughs> no! Billie Eilish. 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 Well, she's an interesting story. Was, you were reading the feature on her in the, uh, yeah, the not Times finished Magazine. It, it's interesting because you were talking about Friends earlier on. 
She says she only has one or two friends left and relies upon a therapist as the only person I can talk to. She's rather sad. That's really sad. The, yeah, the American... I've watched her in interviews and she does seem sad. But yeah. her music is really sad as well. The American pop singer, still only 17, she says uh, she used to be as popular as hell with at least 15 truly close friends. But global stardom has changed her life to such an extent she needs a security team to go anywhere in public. People don't like my job. I can't tell anyone about it because either it sounds like I'm bragging or it sounds like I'm being ungrateful. I've yeah. started going to therapy because it's the only person I can talk to. Do you have uh, a... I do. Go ahead. How did the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog become the typical sentence that contains all letters of the alphabet and not sphinx of black quartz, judge my vow, which is objectively (laughs) a million times cooler? Very good. It's, uh, it goes back to the um, typewriter things. I think it was probably the way the keys are on the typewriter. Really? Yeah. If ever you were doing... yeah. Go to your laptop, Dad. There we go. Quick Not pati- I don't think particularly. No, maybe you're right, but but that was always the sentence that you uh, yeah no that you'd practice that you practice yeah. typing on. But also when you were le- learning the alphabet, it was a easy well not learning the alphabet, but it was one of the things you just learned a quick brown fox. But yeah, sphinx of black quartz, judge my vow. Squeak what? Okay. <laughs> Squinks. Sphinx, sphinx. sphinx yeah. of black quartz, mm. judge my vow. It is cooler. It's co- it's undoubtedly cooler, but it doesn't make as much sense, does it really? Sphinx, uh, sphinx of black. <laughs> you keep saying sphinx like squinks. <laughs> well, it's because there used to be a, a, an ink called quink. Years oh, really? Ago. Yeah. Uh, in fact, the slogan for that was uh, "For ink, get quink." No, it was not. It was for My ink, gosh. get quink. The olden days, eh? Yep, the olden days. If you want to get in touch with us, because we do get loads of uh, emails last week and we like getting them, and uh, the more stuff that you do, the less that we have to do, you, you can uh, send us an email. It's yes. martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. That's martinandruthpodcast, all one word, obviously, at gmail.com. And if you want to listen to the songs from This Week in Full and all the others, then you can go over to Spotify and just type in Martin and Ruth or Ruthie, me and my dad, and you'll find the playlist. And I'm sure you'd love to listen to the uh, Ain't No... Ain't gonna... I'm upset that I have to add it to the playlist. <laughs> ain't Gonna Bump No More with No Big upset. Fat Woman. See you next week. Oh, no. I've saved the day. Well done, you have saved the day. <laughs> uh, but we ought to say uh, we won't see you next week. Or the week after. Or the week after because uh, Ruthie's off um, on, holiday. on holiday with uh, her chums. So, um, so we'll, we'll see you in, in about t- a fortnight's yeah, time. Yeah. Two weeks' time. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.